Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by The Lee Company. Thank you to them for all the kindness that they've shown to men of valor through the years. Elgin Horton is the man I want you to meet. Elgin has just been hired on. Big old smile on his face, just been hired on to work with these men. He, he calls it the most incredible thing that could ever happen to him, considering the man that he was and how his whole life changed. Our stories, we've got so many of those, but Elgin just kind of smiles and lets it all radiate from him. But boy, it was tough when he was a kid. Here's Elgin. So the new man, you got, were you you amazed when they offered you a job here? Yes. um, It was a testament of what God can do and his power and his grace um, and his redemptive plan for each and every person that believes in his son, Jesus. See, I could feel that and I could see that in you. But then you think back, take yourself back to being a teenage kid. Can you? Can that teenage kid ever imagine himself doing this job? No. No, considering um, the environmental um, determinants, so to speak, uh, well, the, the environmental obstacles um, and some of the choices that I made um, as a youth, no, I did not see the culmination of the things that is happening in my life today. You grew up in Chattanooga? Yes, sir. Good neighborhood, tough neighborhood? Well, I grew up in the southern side of Chattanooga in a public housing called Paz Homes. Um, it was Actually, it was pretty rough. It was a pretty intense environment. Um, but I, uh, as far as my family, um, I had a lot of uh, love, and it was close-knit. My mother, my brother Keith, my brother Charles, my brother Marvin, my older sister Tina, and my youngest sister Shanta. Uh, one of the things that beset me were the decisions that I made because I have brothers that were in the same environmental uh, circumstance, but they made better choices early on, which set them up for uh, better futures at the time. So I think about the choices I made as a youth. Uh, I made very unhealthy choices and I lived a very unhealthy lifestyle. Why? Why do you think you made those choices? Influence of peers, uh, the lack of uh Guidance, because it was a very big age gap between my brothers and I. They were older, so it wasn't really a male uh, figure in my house um, because they had already moved out. So I was left to the devices of my neighborhood and the influences of my peers uh, because I was uh, affiliated with a threat group, East 25th Street Mafia, and we pursued at that time. Um, I was into hip-hop, but not in a good way. Um, It was urban hip-hop. And I lived a, a lifestyle that kind of glorified that. So you wanted stuff. You wanted yes. rings. You wanted influence. You yes. wanted power. Yes. All of that stuff. You thought that was the way to live? Yes, I did. Uh, but sadly, uh, I exhibited a lot of undesired consequences from those uh, choices. A lot of them. I had a lot of incarceration as a youth um, and as an adult. I had a lot of uh, physical injuries. Um, I also had a lot of mental uh, abuses as well from living that type of lifestyle. Was it drugs or violence? Oh, uh, drugs it? and violence. Ooh, put all that together. Did you go to church when you were a kid? Um, as a kid, I not a lot. 
I, I was introduced uh, to Jesus Christ basically as an adult. Uh, by God's grace, um, I was able to go through a, a particular program in uh, Chattanooga. It was called the House of Refuge, uh, founded by Pastor Alfred Johnson um, and ministered by Brother Samuel Bullock. Um, that was the first time that I was actually truly introduced to who Jesus Christ is. But one thing that happened, my lack of commitment and reverence for him uh, didn't allow the manifestations of the things that he has promised to us to be manifested at that time. Was that before or after you were incarcerated? That was before. Before. So you got a little taste. Yes. You knew what it was and you still, but you still made the choices. Yes, I did. Now, what finally got you to your knees and said enough is enough? Well, actually, uh, the particular incarceration uh, that I just suffered, uh, it was a very uh, tragic a mistake that I made, and uh, it ultimately it, it ended in a fatality. Um, and the reality of the choice that I made set in, what, and also the consequence from it. Because at first I didn't have a godly sorrow; I had a worldly sorrow. But I know that godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation, and it's not to be regretted. After I cried out to Jesus, um, after understanding where I was and where I was in life, and I knew I didn't want to be there, and I knew I wasn't the person that I wanted to be, and I definitely would never want to cause harm to anyone, um, I just asked him to come into my life, Rudy, truly, and help me to get to where I needed to be uh, so that I can be the person that I know that he created me to be. And it was at that point that he started showing me the way. Had to be something inside of you that just almost died to realize that you were involved in someone losing their life, not yes. knowing if they had given their life to Christ. Who knows? And that had a way heavy on you. Yes, it did. One of the things that I will remember from this circumstance is the last time that I physically saw my mother because she passed while I was incarcerated was in my sentencing hearing. And some of the things that the judge spoke about uh, my previous way of living, um, it hurt her very bad and it hurt me as well. And I knew that was not the person that I wanted to be, the person that he described. So that was my defining moment, um, seeing the pain on my mother's face at my sentencing hearing. How'd you find out about Men of Valor? Well, I was in a therapeutic community program uh, at Northwest Correctional Facility, uh, facilitated by Lonnie Vaughn and Miss Brittany Laws. And they were very influential uh, in the transformation that I'm having now because uh, at that, really at the time, I didn't have a lot of belief in myself. I really didn't have a lot of belief uh, in Jesus because my the relationship that I now, ha now have wasn't nurtured at the time. It hadn't developed. Um, but he used them to kind of help me and instill some values in me and to give me a level of responsibility that would help me to uh, kind of be cultivated in an environment where I could thrive. They pos God positioned me in an environment to flourish, and through there, uh, Tommy Mathis, uh, which is in charge of assessing the men uh, prior to coming here, um, I would see him assess men several times. Um, I really didn't approach him at first, um, but then one day I kind of approached him and, and I was inquisitive and I asked him what were the requirements and what are some of the prerequisite stuff that, uh, that needs to be done uh, to be accepted. And he walked me through it. Um, and at the at that point, I didn't know when I would be released because I had a lengthy sentence, uh, Rudy. I had 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually, I didn't know when I was getting out. Um, but at the at that point, my hope was in Jesus not to get out. 
uh, but to be delivered spiritually. Um, so Tommy Mathis, he prayed with me several times. Uh, he kept in contact with me during my incarceration. Um, and he, one pro this would always sit in my heart and resonate. I remember the last time he came in a, and uh, visited me before I was released and he prayed a prayer over me. Um, and he prayed uh, that God continues to work in my life, that the things that he has already prepared for me, that I continue to uh, allow him to work them in me. And he prayed a hedge of protection over my life. Um, and as the things that are transpiring in my life today, um, I know that's, that's a result of some of the prayers that was prayed over me, mainly one of the prayers that Mr. Tommy Mathis prayed over me. So that's how I learned about men of valor. And I didn't know um, that the things that was going to happen ensuing was going to happen. But I trusted God because the decision I made was based on my my relationship being developed with him because I wanted to I wanted to commit my life to him. And I wanted to learn more about him and I wanted to be closer to him. And I want, wanted uh, him to show me the way in which I should go. That's why I ended up here, because I asked myself a question. Is this going to draw me to God or draw me away? And it's it's founded on the principles of God. So I knew then that I was committing my works into him and he was establishing my steps. And that's why some of the things uh, that may befit us uh, living in community, um, I was let Jesus be my focal point the whole time I was here and I continue to do that. And that has allowed me to live unobstructed, even though there are obstacles, because every day I get up, I ask uh, the Holy Spirit to guide me in this day that I may circumvent the world, the flesh and the devil so that I can stay focused on the work that he has prepared for me to do. Um, and I just thank uh, God for all the people that he has placed in my life today. Um, it's a saying, Rudy. Um, I'll show you your future if you show me the company you keep. I love your zeal. I love the way your 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 spirit flows. I, you know the name of the program is Put a Word on It. Yes. I think I got a hit. I think you're wearing your hit, but <laughs> yes. am I right? What, yes. What's your word? Um, my word for the day is blessed um, because I love the Beatitudes in uh, Matthew, but one in particular, it says, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall, shall be satisfied. And there is nothing more satisfying than the living word of God. Mm -hmm. um, it's only by the word of God that he has spoken and, and make manifest in my life that I'm here today. This is a testament of what God can do. And I pray that through my story, especially people who knew I, who I was before I became a follower of Jesus, that they can see that God does work. He is real. He is alive and he is active. He is loving. He's just, he's kind, he's merciful. And he is, he is waiting for you to be, to, to accept him so that he can redeem you so that he can bring you from death to life, that you can enjoy the eternal fruits of salvation. Well, God bless you, my friend. You've inspired me. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, El. Thank you, Rudy. I love me some Elgin. Uh, you know, you had to believe the word was going to be blessed all over the T-shirt that he had and the cross on there as well. You know, sometimes I ask guys, are you afraid that you might relapse, that you might fall back and, and, and faith might kind of get destroyed a little bit at some point? Not with Elgin. I thought about it, but no, there's no way. Just look at him. Look at the way he talks. Look at the way he cares. That's why it's just so interesting to see men like that change. Blessed. He is blessed, and he's going to bless the men that he's going to work with from here on in here at Men of Valor. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. 
we would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movnashville.com.